0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Engage Family Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Dutzman, and this is the official destination where we delve into the finest video games and board games, perfect for you and your family. If you're a geeky parent eager to share gaming moments with your kids or just hunting for family-friendly recommendations, you've come to the right place. Let me introduce to you the incredible team that makes this show possible. We have John Tomlinson, the man behind the curtain. Hello, hello,
1: hello.
0: Or newly, the man in front of the wall of Funko Pops.
1: The wall of Pops. We have. This isn't even my
0: final form. I know. Can't wait to see it. Next, we have Jeff Walker from the frozen north. Jeff, how are you?
2: I'm doing good, Stephen.
0: Good, good. And next, we have Linda Robel, the Mistress of Magnificence, fondly known as Mom. Hi, Linda. Hi. And last but not least, my very best friend in the whole wide world, Amanda Farrow, the princess of power. Welcome to Podcast Day, Amanda.
3: I love Podcast Day. I live for it.
0: So, yeah, it's a, you know what? This is an exciting week. And so we've got plenty of cool stuff to talk about. Linda's got some stuff for Mom's Playlist. And what we're going to do today, big topic, we're going to kind of check in on the three major video game consoles. What that means is we're going to talk about kind of the current state of them and the near future for each of them as within the last couple of weeks all three of them have had reports and news etc to kind of give us some context. Pretty excited about all that and so we're going to get into that in just a moment. Hey to the new person. I'm not sure who who iBoy254 is but hey welcome to the show. That
4: might be my oldest. That might be
0: If that's Isaac, hi. If it's not, sorry, I called you Isaac. (laughs) But still, hi also.
2: Your name is now Isaac.
1: Yeah, it is Isaac. Okay, it is.
0: All right, well, yeah, because I was about to say, even if it wasn't you, it is. So now that the introductions are out of the way, let's dive into the show. My favorite part of our kind of newly designed podcast is we, we recognize that the internet is full of... Either bad news or people being, like, ironically happy about things or whatever. It's just a lot of not fun. And so what we've decided at the beginning of every show is we share the good news. Uh, So what we do is we go around the table and we talk about things that we are unironically, genuinely excited about. Who wants to go first? Don't everybody volunteer all at once. I can. All right, Jeff. Go ahead. Okay.
2: Uh, So my good thing is, I actually was going to talk about this a couple weeks ago when we had to cancel the podcast, but uh, I don't know if I talked about it on this show, but I know I've talked about it on my previous podcast I used to have, maybe on the EFG show, but my my real life job, when Steve lets me out of my office and not doing podcasts, is I am a BCBA, I work for a group home with adults with disabilities, and every February is my favorite day of the year at work. Because the CEO of our company rents out a water park for our, our residents. Actually do it twice because we've gotten so big over the years that uh, I think when I started, we had 28 homes. And now we own he owns 35 different homes all across the area where I live. And so just going to the water park, playing in the Lazy River, sure. residents in the hot tubs, they go down the water slides and all that. And it is just one of the coolest things. It gives them a chance to be you know, nor like have a normal like vacation away from their group home. And I mean, we're talking, we, I work with residents with bipolar disorders, schizophrenia, autism, some are nonverbal. And so, all a wide range of people, and they all, as long as they want to, get to go to this event.
0: That's awesome. You know what? I'm going to tell you, I mean, as Megamom said in the chat, she knows that you look forward to that day every year. And that is absolutely good news.
2: Yes it's so much fun we my company's name is flat rock and everyone calls it flat rock christmas because every employee can't wait for that day because we all get to go to work and go to the water park we get to get in the water with them
0: that's awesome man man that sounds that that does sound really great i'm glad that your residents had a great day that's certainly good news for them and good news for you uh who wants to go next i mean i'll go i'll go so video watchers may have seen some like fluttering of like brown poofy sleeves behind me in that light i blur my background but you may have seen look there it is that is <laughs> a little mushroom person look at that because my daughter's going to her first alliance game on saturday and so all of her Whoa. costume stuff came in although what's this the garbage. Oh, it's garbage. Well, why don't you get it away? Yeah. So, was- so she's gonna be a mushroom person, and so she's
3: adorable.
0: She is pretty cute. We we realized today though that like she is actually playing a game, so like we have to make sure that like we like her aesthetic is not as it's like it's important, but we like need to make sure that she like follows like the rules. So we had to like check what was the what was the pr- prosthetic requirements for mushroom dryads it turns out it's not as complicated as i thought it was i was very worried that we weren't going to have time and yes as marie in the chat says we must protect the fungus so that's my good news i'm excited i've been waiting you know th- this will be my third the kid that I yeah and we got to protect the fungus it's like a very very important thing all these legendary heroes are just going to be there to protect the fungus linda you're going to have to come once this year so you can protect the fungus with us
4: it's yeah, like a lady, whole thing it's like a whole thing healing column and just like and guard all y'all
0: no not all of us no 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 just the fungus it's very important anyway um so that's my good news so who's next you can't use me as a shield anymore
4: all right go yeah, ahead Linda. Was about that. so i'm excited because i got a new game in this weekend and i brought it to school today because it is actually something for school so i connected with a a uh, game designer who actually created something that is intended for classrooms to help teach and like the phonics behind it using the new science of reading, which has become the newest format that we're looking at literacy instruction moving forward. So it's pretty exciting. I'm really excited to get that unboxed and get it in front of kids.
0: Yeah, that sounds really awesome. Can't wait to see some pictures on that, which I'm sure we will. Is this the one this from Toy Fair?
4: Back. Yes, this is that little EDBD uh, table in, like, the the bottom of the convention center that, that I insisted that we go visit briefly. Oh, I
0: was excited. I, I knew that it was going to yeah. bear fruit and that you were excited and the two of good. you had, like, a three-minute conversation of, like, extreme, like, a three-minute conversation of extreme learning education nerdery, and, like, I didn't understand it, but I appreciated it, so good. And that, uh, that is definitely good designer.
4: news. Yeah. I learned that wasn't the game designer. I've she and I nerded out even more when we had a, a virtual meeting last week.
0: Oh, how awesome is that? So that is definitely good news. Can't wait to hear about that. Um, and who is next?
1: Who is next? I
0: I'll mean, there's next. only two of you. So... I'll, go next.
1: I'll go next. All right.
0: Starting next week, I'm just going to roll dice. There's a good
3: idea. Uh-huh.
0: Actually, there's yeah, a name picker. We use it. it. There's a name picker. We use it yeah. in my agile standups at work. I'm using that next week. I'm going to put it on the screen, too.
1: Do it. So Ooh, actually, uh, that sounds awesome. I'm not announcing it on the show, but we have set a date.
0: Whoa. It is soon. Ooh. Oh snap.
1: And all the co-hosts on the podcast are now invited. Oh. And hosts. Like all the members of the everyone? podcast. Yeah.
0: We'll we'll zoom Jeff in.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We have one. maybe I'll use it as an excuse to go to Connecticut. There we go. <laughs> i've never been to the northeast yeah what really all right well i mean it's just as cold here
1: now as it is there so it's just bitter and cold i hate it all right well that is
0: great it, hit, it hit
2: that 50 degrees today
0: okay so here we go look, check this out i got like it should we click to spin oh there we go we could use that next we'll use that next week yeah. man watch it look at that <laughs> And it lands on Amanda anyway. How about that? All right, so I'm going to grab this bookmark, um, and we're going to put this somewhere in the show notes. Um, Amanda. Yeah. You got any good news for us or what?
3: Uh, I mean, yeah, I have some good news. I, you know, went to the, uh, I unconferenced at Dice last week in Las you Vegas. Did? So that was pretty cool. I met some very interesting people, including the voice actor for Carlac. They were an exceptionally lovely human being. If y'all haven't played Baldur's Gate 3, then that won't mean anything to you. But Harlach is, you know, she's, she is Bay and Sam Bayart is, is a really lovely human being. So I'm really, really glad we were able to hang out and, and she'll, went to a nice Valentine's Day dinner with Mike while we were in Vegas. Looked cute, got food poisoning, which wasn't so great, but you know, other than that, it was a, it was a pretty stellar time.
0: Cool, cool. I mean, listen, I, you you guys do business. Dice is about business. It is indeed. And I, I mean, Mike looked sharp on all of his pictures that he posted, and I'm sure he did a business. So that sounds like good news to me.
3: He did do a business. Very true.
0: Maybe even more than one business. Also. Perhaps plural, plural businesses. So... Honestly, look at that, guys! Five pieces of really good news all around. We'll talk. You know, obviously, we'll we'll have more about some of these newses in the in the coming weeks, I guess. So uh, now that we're done with the good news, now let's talk about the games that we played. So I'll start because I could because I because I can, and I'll start because uh, shout out to Nintendo. They sent me a copy of Mario versus Donkey Kong on Friday. And it was a game that I would probably not have played if it wasn't for that. And I'm really grateful for it because it was actually more fun than I expected it to be. So uh, for those of you that don't know, Mario versus Donkey Kong is... This is a, like a, not a new franchise. It's been around since, I think, the Game Boy Advance. Right, guys? Something like that. And it's what it is... Like, <laughs> like... Go
2: ahead. I was just going to say, it's kind of the spiritual successor to the Game Boy game. Donkey Kong 94? No, it, it's no.
0: Yes. Kind of. Like it plays like a, it. what it does. I mean, it plays like a Donkey Kong game in that you're kind of going up and down. There's a lot of vert- verticality and the platforming is not great because you're kind of using your tricks. To me, it really kind of feels it's a plus it's a puzzle platformer, you know, is its primary goal. And then it's got some mini levels that are like lemmings, which is, you know, that's a choice, uh, but obviously that's, you know, part of the design. This is a super cute game. Um, like I said, I I don't particularly generally play puzzle games because puzzle games make me feel very stupid. But uh, and I just don't have the patience for them. But this one I sat down and I went pretty, I'm, you know, I went pretty hard on this game for a while because I was really appreciating what they do. Um, and what I really like about it is they have a casual mode where there's no timers on the levels. And so that actually, because normally you're playing the game on a timer and the timer affects your score. So this is, you know, they, they they have a casual mode. I played on normal until I felt the felt the pinch from the game. And so I dropped it down to casual and kept going. It's neat. This is one of those games. I, I don't know if it's worth the full price. This is one of those we can, you know, my experience with this game, as far as like interpreting its value is a little bit thrown off by nature of the fact that I did not work multiple hours to pay for it. So I don't know, and I think... But but I feel like this is the kind of game that you could go on YouTube and watch a video of it. For example, Friends of the Show, the Nintendo dads actually have a, you know, a decent, like, 15, 20-minute video of it. I shared it on the Engage Family Gaming Facebook page and on our Twitter. You go look at that. I feel like this is one of those games that if it's your jam, you'll watch this video, and in five minutes, you're going to be like, you know what? I like this. Or you'll watch it, watch it and be like, you know what? No, thank you. And I love games like that that just present you the meat and potatoes, like, real fast. Like, do you like this nonsense? If you like this nonsense, go. Right? I mean... Yeah. So so that's Mario vs. Donkey Kong. It's out now on the Switch. It's a regular it's a full price switch game. And yeah, it's cool. I liked it. I'm gonna play some more. Would you say it's something? So thanks Nintendo. Awesome. Linda, you played some board games, I'm guessing.
4: I did play a couple this weekend. We went up and visited family and as one would expect I brought a bag of games. And what did my nieces do is they go to their game cabinet and they pulled out something completely different, which was glorious. Because they pulled out a game that I did not know and I had never played, and so I got to play Ace Escape Mole Rats in Space, and this is a Peaceable Kingdom game, and it it was perfect for the group we had because my niece was there and she's uh, she just turned seven and this is seven and up, and so that was a great it was the perfect wait for her and then it was I played it my brother-in-law and uh, my other niece who is eleven. So actually I'm sorry, she just turned 12. So gotta get that right. We had a nice group. I gotta get it right. Oh yeah. Those it's you know, those years are important when they're little. So this was so cute. This was a cooperative game, and what you're doing is you literally are mole rats trying to get to the escape pod on a space station, but you have to avoid the snakes. And the snakes, if you pass over them or if they come into your space, they bite you and then you lose a life and you only get two chances. also these tubes out of the space station so that's how you get rid of the snakes or if you end up on it you're ejected and you're out of the game it was really fun and i love what peaceful kingdom did they put up the fun fact in the rule book that the reason it's snakes is because that is the natural um enemy the predator for mole rats i thought that was neat how they incorporated that little like sciencey fact into the game so we had that's a good time cool. with it we yeah we lost epically but it was it was a lot of fun to play
0: i mean that's too bad but sometimes that just is yeah. that way with a cooperative games sometimes sometimes it just sucks to suck you know
4: <laughs> and the way this was this was a little bit random because you're dealing you're drawing cards that tell you what you need to do and there's choices within those what you're being told to do but it because the cards can kind of Determine, like, how many snakes are out there or how much you can move. If There's a lot of chance to it, and if the cards aren't in your favor, they're not in your favor.
0: Yeah, I mean, that sounds great to me. I put a link to the, I put an Amazon link in the chat just because that's the first thing that came up when I uh, did a Google for the name. So if you want to see what it looks like, go ahead and grab that link. Full disclosure, if you happen to buy it, uh, that is an Amazon affiliate link. Uh, but, you know, don't feel pressure. Uh, just trying to show everybody what the game looks like. Um, very cool product pictures. Nice little kids playing nice. the game in there. Little so,
1: pieces.
0: and Peaceable Kingdom. We're huge fans of Peaceable Kingdom around here, just because totally. all of their games are cooperative. Um, right? Th- that's still true. Peaceable Kingdom. They're most all f- cool. the vast. They, uh, you're right. They've broken the cooperative rule a little bit, but the vast majority they're are cooperative. Fun, yeah. But they're all great. Good for young kids. Yeah. Big fan.
4: They're great. Yeah, it was really fun. Amanda. Yeah.
0: You've been playing some of them indie games, to my understanding.
4: Always.
3: I am deep in research mode right now on indie horror games, but we're not going to talk about those here because those are not kiddo or family-friendly. I have, however, really been enjoying my time with Versus Evil's Last Hurrah before they were shut down in December called Lil Guardsman. And it is a very cute and very funny, like very tongue in cheek kind of game where you play as Lil and you're taking over your dad's guardsman post essentially because he's being an irresponsible parent. And he's like, no, I just, you're like, you're 12. Like, just go like fill in for me and like put a bet down on goblin ball while you're at it. Like I gotta, I'll see you at the pub. They literally live above the pub. I love that for them. It's exceptionally messy. So it's it's fun, it's interesting, it's weird, it's wacky. There's some political intrigue. There are decisions that you make that in, that affect the entirety of the city, which is known as the sprawl. And yeah, I've been really enjoying my time with it. i I think I've spent like a handful of hours in it, and I've really enjoyed it so far.
0: Awesome. Yeah, you know, I I every, you showed the when you told me about this in our pre-show meeting, I, the first thing I said is it that game? And you were like, What do you mean? What do you mean? It's terribly yeah. nonspecific. Because you and I talk about a lot of games, fun fact, if, in case anyone didn't know. Amanda and I, we talk about games all the time. It's not all we talk about, for the record. No. But it, it colors everything we talk about. So I was like, is it that game? And you were like, I don't know. And then as soon as... I gave you even the slightest hint of what it was. You were like, oh, yes, that one. And yeah. so we had, like, this unspoken language about Little Guardsmen. And this is one of those ones that every time I see it, it's it's been in a few different, you know, trailers and showcases. And every time I see it, I'm like, wow, this game. Like, when it comes out, there's going to be some people that, like, really get into it. And uh, Mando was, in fact, one of the people that I suspected would be into it. So I'm glad that I called it. So Little guardsman, it's on Steam right now. I put a link to that in the chat. You can take a look at it. It looks really, I mean, this looks adorable, you know, and super fun. And yeah, so it's certainly worth a look. It's a relatively inexpensive game coming in, you know, under 20 bucks. At the very least, log into your Steam and throw it on your wish list. At the very least, throw it on that wish list. So because you never know, there might be a sale if you're not interested in buying it right now. It's got a Bunch of really good positive recommendations on Steam right now too, so there's. It is not just Amanda; she's not alone in liking it.
3: Even if I was, that would be. And even if
0: she was, that's okay because she has impeccable taste. But I do. She's not by herself. There are a lot of folks that said, "You know what? This is pretty rad," and I agree. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a look. Maybe when I'm done with Mario versus Donkey Kong, Jeff. Why don't you go next
2: all right so i have been playing a game that is actually out of the ordinary for me because it is a game that is on my phone uh, which i usually don't get into phone games i don't know why like i've tried playing you know, rpgs on my phone i can't because i think it's because my phone is used for work like i do other things on my phone so it annoys me when like i'm trying to play a game and someone calls me and it takes me out of the, like it messes up my screen so i've been playing a game called retro bowl which is on apple arcade and what it is is it's a football game it's in like the art style of super tech Bowl back in the day and you play through a season of football it's one of those games where you can tell they don't have the nfl license they don't have the nfl players association license but ironically their minnesota are purple and yellow their team I mean, from Green Bay is green and yellow. They have New York A and New York B. That yeah, all right. can't say the so it's legal. Yet.
0: So it's legally distinct.
2: It's legally distinct.
0: We love legal uh, distinctions so here.
2: They ask you, like, you start the game, they ask you what your favorite team is, and I went to play as the Vikings, and it goes, but what do you want to play with a worse team to, you know, to kind of bring the team to greatness? And I'm like, yeah, sure. We'll see how this goes. Get the Las Vegas Raiders tired me. I hate Las Vegas, but I'm like, okay, you know, I got them to the Super Bowl and then after every game, every season, other teams may want to take you on. And how you play the game is it's just touchscreen. You drag your finger across to throw it, you aim it at people. If you want to run the ball, you tap your receiver. Between plays every between every season, you get to draft players and you can have up to 12 what they call star players, and so that'll make your team worse or better. The interesting thing about the game is you don't play defense. It actually just simulates defense for you, so it's random based on whether your defense is better than the other team's offense, and I'm kind of addicted. I think I've gone through seven seasons already, and I've played it for about two weeks. It's really short. They're two-minute quarters, but it's simulating the de- when you're on defense, so those just fly by. But yeah, it's and I've seen one it. One other thing before, yeah. And one other thing I really liked about it, it has what is called dynamic difficulty. So if you're really good at the game, it gets harder. If you start losing too many games in a row, it gets easier. Actually, fun fact: the Madden games used to do that. They took it out a long time ago, and I don't know why. I used to enjoy it. Be- Madden. Used to be, if you like ran the ball, got really good at rushing, then. Your opponents would have higher stats when it comes to defending. The I run. mean, so
0: I just want sometimes I just want to win, Jeff. That's why. And if the game gets too hard, then I lose. <laughs> this is they literally did that specifically for me. So, yeah. so yeah. that's I, Retro Bowl. That's on iOS, iOS, right?
2: It's on iOS, yes. It's all right. I, I, I've been like addicted to it. It's been, you know, I don't know what to do. I just pull out my phone and I play a game or two. All
0: right. Well, it is. Let me look here. It is. Well, I mean, it's a free to play game right now. But it's is it on arc? Is it on Apple Arcade? I think it's
2: on Apple Arcade it's also. On, it's on Apple Arcade, yeah. Rep yeah. Plus. It's Repul Plus, so I don't know if they're if the free version if you have to buy pro- certain things. Or- it
0: probably gets rid of ads because that's you. That's what a lot of those do. They get rid of ads and stuff. But it is on the. It is a free to play app iOS game. Definitely worth a look for those folks that are. Jones in for some football and don't want to play Madden on Game Pass or well, um you know
2: it's it's actually really funny a couple of weekends ago I was playing Mad- cuz I just wait till Madden comes on Game Pass to play that's when cuz I don't play it enough to warrant a 70 dollar buying it every year so I'll wait for it comes on Game Pass which it comes on every Super Bowl season I was playing it last Saturday. Played a game of Madden, my, and then Jesse, my wife, comes. She goes, "Hey, I want to watch something on TV." I'm like, "Okay." So I went straight from playing Madden to playing Retro Bowl on my phone.
0: I mean, listen, it'd be like that. All right, so that is Retro Bowl, John. You're you're up. What do you got, bud?
1: So I was playing this little indie retro game called Final Fantasy. Uh, Never heard of it. Number. Is it good. It's the first. I hope it takes off. I hope there's like. 16 of them with spin-offs and stuff, hopefully. You know, yeah. in 20, 30 years. But yeah, yeah. I've been, I, I picked up the Pixel Remaster of the Final Fantasy 1 through 6 on Steam, so I could play on my Steam Deck. And the deck quality verified. of life... Yeah, the quality of life updates are amazing. Like, you just hit a button and you could walk faster. You could assign like moves to... To your guys, and then just just wipes through them, and then yeah, it's it's very cool. Uh, yeah. I mean,
0: if you're gonna play through all those, I have to recommend turn on extra gold.
1: Extra gold. Okay. Because
0: yeah. the 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 biggest grind is the gold to buy the equipment when you get to new towns, and if you yeah. just turn on all the extra gold, then you don't really ever have to grind because you get plenty of XP. That is my recommendation.
1: Yeah. So what I've I've been doing is just I turn on encounters and then I fast forward and yeah. I just wander around in a low level area and just grind that way. Yeah, I mean and just moving around while I'm watching TV and then another one pops up. So yeah, yeah I will. You say figured out really how to play an old it. Final Fantasy game.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Now that they put the pixel remaster on Switch, you can now play Final Fantasy one through twelve, not counting eleven because that was an MMO on no. your Switch. Yeah, Or Steam Deck or PS4 or any of them, PS5.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I mean, I love me the Pixel Remasters. I've been uh, churning yeah. away at those. So-
1: I, I, I'm very surprised. It was only 70 bucks, so it was 20 bucks or 10 bucks less than what it was going for. <laughs> and then, yeah, I don't have it physically, but I really oh. trust the way all the stores have been going with digitally and stuff like that. I actually trust Steam to update it so that it's playable years yeah. from now. So, like, you know, it's not too bad.
0: I mean, it's a Square Enix thing, too, and it's Final Fantasy. So I think that's a little yeah. bit different. But obviously, we'll 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 find out. Um, so that's all the games we've been playing. Lots of really good stuff. And, man, this year is only getting wilder. Really, you know, a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, some of us weren't even playing new stuff. So this year is going to be interesting, as we're going to find out in a little bit. But first, it is time for Mom's Playlist. Playing a little video there. I don't know why the audio's not working. I'm going to have to diagnose that problem for later. There we go. Linda, you're up. You're muted, but you're All
4: up. All right, I am now unmuted because we have somebody, unfortunately, with a head cold coughing in the background. Oh, apparently uh,
0: apparently they did hear music. So everybody else heard music, just not me. Cool.
4: Oh. Oh, I thought that worked. I have mine's muted on this end, so I don't have echoes and things. So I didn't know there was music either. So today for Mom's Playlist inspired by my weekend trip to my brother-in-law's i wanted to share some games for a bigger groups. so i have six games for a group of six players or more so the first thing i did want to actually talk about before i went into the games i'm going to be talking about the different style games they are a couple of them are party games but i purposely picked a bunch of several of these that are not party games so the question is what's a party game so i thought i would define that first just to kind of show what that is, and then I can comp- contrast it with some of the other playing styles I'm going to touch on. So party games, and I'm going to quote from Board Game Geek's website, so quote, Party games are games that encourage social interaction. They generally have easy setup and simple rules, and they can accommodate large groups of people and play in short amount a short amount of time. So I thought that summarized it really well. We think of party games a lot of times as, you know, Pictionary, drawing things, or you know, apples to apples where you're judging different people's choices. So there's a lot of that social interaction. They typically have very few rules are take moments to teach and can accommodate a higher player count, but that's not my focus today. There's a couple that are, but I focused on some other ones. So the two party games, I'll start with those since I defined them first. So the first party game I wanted to touch on and Steve, I'm sorry, I'm going from the bottom up of my notes. This is what we actually played this weekend that inspired this topic, is I brought up monstrosity up to my brother-in-law's, and part of the reason I grabbed this is that he is an artist. His drawing skills are amazing, and his daughters have inherited the ability to draw from their dad, so I thought they would really enjoy a drawing game as we were hanging out and visiting. And this was a huge hit and my boys got pulled into the game as well. So it was just a big group of us drawing these silly pictures of monsters based on description. So this is, um, if you know, Pictionary similar with the, you have to draw something or tell illustrations, but the prompt on this one is that one person gets to see the picture of, of the monster and then they have to describe it to the other players. And based on the description, only the players draw it. So it's, really a neat spin on that, you know, having one person take point and then the other people have to respond to what they're giving you. Um, And the drawing is a lot of fun. It's whiteboards, they have little whiteboards and markers so you can go to it and participate really easily. That was a lot of fun. That plays three to eight players. Uh, The next one that's a party game uh, is one that's been really popular the last year or so and since it's come out, Green Team Wins. And Green Team Wins, this is similar to the voting that we think of like with apples to apples or games of that nature. But instead you're writing your answers instead of just voting on a card. But the why, the answer that has the most of the same responses is the green, because those players then move to the green team and then the orange team is the ones that have less. So you're trying to get to the green team because the green team always wins. So it's a quick summary, it's a very quick, light game. And this is another one that can accommodate a big group. This actually is three to 12 players. So this can accommodate quite the group. But those are the two party games that fit that description that I shared at the beginning. But there's others out there that are not a party game style per se, but can accommodate a big group. So one of the very first ones that I learned about when you started engaging in the gaming, Steve, before I was even on board, one game that we were talking about, you were talking about is Suro. And this one is not a party game. This is a tile laying game, but it accommodates two to eight players. So, And the more players you get on this board, the more chaotic it gets because you're placing tiles, you're moving your dragon, and it makes the board, the board is absolutely gorgeous. This is an absolutely beautiful game. And it's so serene. It's It's such a different feel to it than a party game but this is just a great one for getting a group to around the table. Okay. Another one that has been, we've been talking about for ages, I feel like sort of like leading into it seven wonders. So this is a card drafting and set collection game and you're going through the different ages through the different time periods of the game. It was played over ages and this one is two to seven players. So you can really get quite a big group playing it. And this one's really, it looks like there's so much to it. And you look at it, it looks like it's going to be this deep, heavy, long game. The games tend to run about 30 minutes. It moves along really quickly, which is nice for a big group because sometimes with a lot of players, it can get really cumbersome. So that one is a great one for a little bit bigger group. And then two more one that just kind of goes with that monstrosity aesthetic but a very different type of game king of tokyo this one is a push your luck dice rolling game this is a two to six player game and this one they've got a bunch of different versions they've got expansions like there's i talked about that there's a beginnings one coming out so this one has got some staying power it's been around for a while it's won different awards and accolades we talk about it on a bunch of our recommendation lists because it hits a lot of the boxes. Um, and not only for being a great game, the mechanic with the push your luck, easy to learn, but now it also can accommodate a bigger group of six players, which is nice to be able to to have. It's a good game. I couldn't resist. I have to end with the most, the game I recommend the most, so spoilers for people that have been watching for a long time. Guy Joe. This, I mean, I have to, because this simple set collection card game is two to eight players. And it's just crazy to think this little tiny box can accommodate a player for a card game. And just as a quick refresher for those that haven't heard me rave about Gaijo for the last six years. Gaijo is, you have all your cards face down, you have a field of 12 cards. It's either 12 or 16, it's been, it's been a minute. Not that many minutes, but it's been a minute. You have a field with cards upside down, you flip over to at the beginning of the game, and you're trying to have the lowest score at the end of the game. And the cards range from negative two to 12. So you're trying to eliminate the high value cards and only have low value cards by the end of the round. Really easy to learn game. It meets the criteria of a party game without specifically being a party game because it really is a card game and you're trying to do set collection and card, the card management. So those are my six games for six or more players. So there's a lot more out there, but this was just a few different kinds of games that are out there for when you have a bigger group.
0: Absolutely. I mean, listen, I love the the mom's playlist feature where where we go through and you give us some recommendations. My favorite part is every time Linda makes one of these, it turns into a list on the website. So I'm sure uh, folks that want a little bit more information, I can look forward to this one appearing on the website at some point. Between now and the next EFG con. So yeah, thank you, Linda, for those six recommendations for players of player counts six or more. And and not relying only on party games. Big fan of that, because you know, not everybody likes those. So great topic. Now let's go to the video game topic for the week. And this one, um, we're gonna check in on the three big video game consoles. I think, I mean, I'll say consoles specifically. Obviously, PC is a very big deal and is only getting bigger <laughs> because of, you know, especially I feel like everybody's talking about PC games recently because of things like the ROG Ally and the, the Steam Deck, just because, you know, there's more people that are playing them on the couch instead of, you know, at their workstations. Um, so even though, we obviously, PC games have been huge forever. I don't want to dr- draw anybody's wrath, but the three consoles have had some rumblings over the last couple of weeks, all three of them kind of on their own. And I thought it would be a good idea to check in and kind of opine on them. So I'm going to start with the Nintendo Switch, which is a fan-favorite console. It's a big deal here. Uh, If we were to do power rankings on EFG, which I think we're going to soon, I think that the Nintendo Switch would probably sit near the top. And uh, we just got word via reports, which are unconfirmed, But we got to talk about something that the successor to the switch would become, would not be coming until spring of 2025, which is congruent with what happened with the original switch, which came out in the spring of 2017. So at least the spring date makes sense. What do we all feel about that? Does and and the answer can be nothing if it doesn't make you feel anything. Who would like to go first? Manda. You're making, you're making, an, you're making like, you raise you raised your eyebrow at me. But
3: it has a, it has a mind of its own, you know.
0: Uh, listen, I, I see, I see the eyebrow raise and I get nervous because I feel like I'm in trouble. Um, no,
3: no, the industry might be, but not you. Okay. Not so, you.
0: so why, why would the industry be in trouble?
3: Well, there, there have the, these unconfirmed reports because they are unconfirmed, but because they're coming from multiple places, there's likely a grain of truth here developers have to spend development time and energy trying to get their games out the door right and yeah. Nintendo partners with very specific developers in order to ensure that their new consoles have software yeah problem with you know the potentially two years of delays that there have been because the OLED I think this is my analysis was kind of the stopgap right? They wanted to release something that was a little bit bigger and badder, but I think the problem here is that Nintendo isn't able to keep costs down. And because they are not able to keep costs down, they are not willing to take it to the market yet. So potentially two years worth of delays in an already very, very challenging economic marketplace for video games and video game developers, I worry about what this will mean for the landscape of of indie developers out there and third-party developers that have put together games for a Switch launch, and they will not be able to start realizing revenue on it for much longer than I think they anticipated. So from a business perspective, not so great. From a gaming perspective, even though we're going to have a lot of bangers this year, they're going to start trickling to, you know, like they're, it's, it's not going to be nearly as exciting as last year was, and that is... Namely because there have been a lot of canceled projects, so I worry. I worry about what this means for consumers, for, for players, not potentially having as much to play on the switch. That is exciting. You know, especially if you have a steam deck, are you going to choose an underpowered switch? Are you going to choose your steam deck? You're likely going to choose your steam deck. So this is, this just kind of feels bad all the way around. I understand needing to, but, but, you know, things take the time they're going to take. And I respect that. And the knock-on effect is not positive, at least from my perspective. You know, Mega
0: Mom in the chat, not ready to let go of the Switch. You know, I think there's a lot of folks that are in that exact same boat. They're happy with the machine. They're, you know, concerned about moving on. Man, it feels to me, looking at the Switch lineup that has been announced so far, obviously there could be some surprises, but looking at the Switch lineup that has been announced so far, it feels like Nintendo's ready to move on to. Now, Princess Peach is going to be a ninja, so like, there is some cool stuff happening, but... I uh, I I kind of agree with Amanda, you know, I'm concerned. I think the other problem would be if they decided to say, you know what, let's just not worry about prices and let's just release a $450 switch. I think that presents another problem, right? Like, well, I mean, I know I, I'm I'm presenting.
3: No, no, the, fair, fair, fair. But let's say I, I they you, do I'm it. I'm not trying to shut you down, sorry. No, I get
0: it. No, but let's say they do it. Who's gonna buy a $450 switch when they could just buy a ROG Ally for a couple hundred bucks more or, you know, buy a Steam Deck for around the same price. I don't know many people that would, you know, that aren't super into the Nintendo ecosystem. So, I mean, they don't... They want to be the cheap one. They want to be the... You know, they want to be the second system that everybody has. They've talked about that before, their Blue Ocean strategy. So, yeah, I... Man, I'm happy with my Switch too because my Switch does exactly what it's supposed to do, play Nintendo games. I don't buy my third-party games on Switch. I don't buy my indie games on Switch. I buy them on Xbox or on PC. So my Switch does exactly what it needs to do and I love it for it. But I would like to play new Nintendo games. and It looks like the new Nintendo games are just going to wait until next spring. Anybody else have any thoughts or feelings? Uh,
1: I'll go first really quick. Okay. I just, I'm hoping that the reports are wrong and the rumors are wrong just because it is getting the the switch yes i love it it does what it's supposed to do but like it's getting long in the tooth if you're waiting a minute and a half to load into a zelda level like the the original launch zelda breath of the wild it takes a minute to like load into a dungeon not dungeon what Whatever you would load to or, like, reload after death. That's a lot of time. There was such a great upgrade from the PS4 Pro to the PS5 with just Destiny. Destiny would take five, six minutes to load into the tower. brutal. And then it was 45 seconds or a minute. Total from title from hitting the button on the um the menu to load in all the way to, to the tower. And you can't beat that. Like I don't have time for that anymore. I'm old. Like it's that
3: part. We're all
1: old. We all played Nintendo games that didn't have load screens. Like we're overcomplicating this stuff. Like yeah, yeah, I want to play a beautiful game, but like I wanna play Spider-Man. I want to play something like that that instantly loads, something like Ghost of Tsushima, where like there's no UI, you just swipe the touch on your controller, and the wind blows, the 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 leaves the way you're supposed to go. Uh, I I mean, okay, okay,
0: all right. So I'm gonna, I I mean, I'm gonna defend Nintendo a little bit. I mean. Yes, those are glorious design choices made in the aesthetics on those games. Nintendo has their own version of that for their Nintendo games. I mean, I'm not gonna, I will, I will suffer.
1: Yeah, Breath of (laughs) the Wild and uh, Tears of the Kingdom have that stuff, but like, it's just the the loading and loading. Well, like, it, it it needs a better processor. This was a tablet that they stuck controllers to the side of and put to market like i mean
0: i mean you say that but it's and and i'm gonna i'm gonna be the nintendo fanboy here that says that. yeah sure it's just a tablet with controllers glued to the side but it is like the third best-selling console in history so it is but you're right it's probably time for something new jeff what do you got well
2: i i am concerned about this year for nintendo because as we know we know princess peach is coming up and then i think the only other two announced games are paper mario and luigi's mansion which are remakes even original games and then they announced a direct for tomorrow but it's not a direct it's a partner direct which don't get me wrong we've had some great partner directs but a lot of times it's like looks what's coming to switch and then as soon as that drops and ends xbox tweets out these games are coming to xbox and then playstation tweets out these games are coming to playstation so Knowing that Nintendo isn't doing their normal February Direct makes me think that they don't have a lot. And then next week we do have a Pokemon Presents, and I assume we will get Pokemon's next Pokemon's next fall game because they typically release a game in November, in the fall. So yeah. that's just my opinion on it. I am concerned with... I don't think over the last year and a half or so, my Switch has that in the dock as much without being played as it had and it had any time before
0: that i mean it does have i mean th- there's just been so many good games everywhere else recently so i i get that linda as the you know you're you don't play these things but you got the kids that do and you got to deal with this um art i mean what do you what are what's the feeling on the switch in your house are we are um, are are they talking about it at all or what
4: the kids aren't talking about it at all i'm actually worried about our switch making it to the release of the next version because it gets heavy use by one of my children in particular and like you can already hear like the fans getting a little noisier and it's one of those are we gonna make it because it gets it gets used daily for quite a bit so i'm from just a are we gonna have to replace this and then have a new one released like not that far after that so that's my worry as a parent just because i see the lifespan of the one we have is a little iffy right now i mean it's working all right but yeah it's yeah i feel like we're on, we're getting to the point where are we on borrowed time with this this one that we've understandable got?
0: and you okay. know what considering that this is a console that's been around for seven years that's not right. and it's a hand it, it is a handheld that's been around for seven and years it's It would not
4: all the time where we go Typically, it comes along, which I feel is like the great thing about The
2: sw- it. Switch isn't as durable as previous. Like, a DS is more durable. I mean, I've heard stories of people dropping their N64s downstairs <laughs> and then just going in and plugging them in. You drop any of the current consoles down the stairs, it's done. Well, I mean, I, th- I, mean, I, I feel, feel like that's... that's
4: a... Phenomenally, I've got to say, like, it, it, it does get carried in a case, but it has hit the floor more than once, and it's it's held on. We also didn't buy the year it was released. I feel like we got it a year or maybe a little bit more after it was released. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's, but it still makes it a five, six-year-old piece of machinery. And there's only so much life you get out of them. So that's just kind of where I'm at as a parent. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, you know what? We're gonna find out more. Mega Mom in the chat. They're still using the original Switch. Use it every day, and so far they've had no issues. Uh, they wrecked a few controllers, but it took four to five years. Honestly, you know, controllers, especially considering the drift issues at the beginning of the console. You know, the I think everybody's had to replace their their controllers a little. Okay. So that's enough about the Switch. We're, we're obviously gonna talk more about this and its games over the course of the year. I would bet. At the next podcast, we'll probably talk about the results of this Partner Direct that's taking place tomorrow. Uh, let's talk about the PlayStation 5, because this one, I think, it should be a little bit of a quicker discussion. Uh, this one, the two pieces of news that we've heard are the PlayStation 5. Uh, apparently, it is entering the, entering the latter part of its life cycle. Amanda, what the heck does that mean? Does it you mean, mean what is, nothing? What
3: is a console life cycle, you mean?
0: No, I mean, what is what is it, what does it mean when they say the PlayStation 5 is entering the latter part of its life cycle? However you choose to answer that.
3: Technology runs on anywhere between a 5 and 10 year life cycle, just in general. And it has probably since the 90s. And what we've seen with regards to consoles themselves is they usually last about 10 years. Like 10 years is really stretching it, but usually we're seeing between seven and eight. So the switch hitting, you know, it's, it's new iteration, you know, next year, potentially. Maybe this year, maybe the reports are wrong. Maybe we're all gonna have a Merry Christmas. We don't know. But until that time, I mean, like, so the switch is at the end of its life cycle. There's yeah. the, you know, the the technology itself, the hardware itself can't keep up to the software. That's normally what a console coming to its end of life looks like is the software starts outstripping what the hardware can do. So for the PlayStation 5, for the Xbox series consoles, you know, we're they've been out now. They'll be it'll be they'll be four years old. Uh, this November, November first is is when they came out in 2020. So we're we're seeing the back half of their life cycle. And we're not seeing software outstrip it. Not yet. But we're going to get there because UE5 is powerful. It's very powerful.
0: Okay. So that's the first piece. The first piece of news is entering the latter half. and, And that makes sense to me. You know, I had somebody ask me yesterday, you know, my kid wants a PS5. Is there a new one coming? And I was like, well, I mean, yeah, but in the same way that there's always a new one coming. There was a new one coming. That part. There was a new one coming the day it came out. Like all of these consoles have a have a quote unquote expiration date. But yeah. look, well,
1: they just released a, a new one like a few months back where it, it has the split sides.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. but I think the, the, the this specific question was we okay. We get the PS5. Are we going to play a PS6 anytime yeah. soon? Yeah, probably yeah. not.
3: The answer to that is likely no. You're going to be waiting at least another four years in order, yeah. the, like, before we see anything. We are, we're at the mid-life cycle, right? And last generation, we got a mid-cycle refresh, which means we got the Xbox, the Xbox One X, which was like the pro version of the Xbox One console. And we got PlayStation 4 Pros. I don't hear anything out there about potentially getting some pro versions of the Xbox series or the PlayStation 5. And I have a feeling that it's around the same kind of problem that Nintendo's having. They're not able to keep costs down.
0: I mean, if they wanted to put Nvidia chips in them, they certainly are not buying Nvidia chips because those are too busy making AI stuff. So it's, I've heard the same thing that Amanda, I mean, obviously Amanda more connected than me. She knows the entire game industry, but I haven't heard much either from any of the folks that I talk to. And so... Uh, th- this is what I told my friend when she asked me. I was like, listen, you know what? PlayStation 5, if you've got kids that, you know, that, that have games op- that they will play that are on it, that are only available on the PlayStation 5, they want to play, you know, they, yeah, I mean, do it. Because it's, it's you're not buying it. It's not like you're getting a PS5 and it's going to expire in a year. You know, it's not like you could wait six months for the announcement. You know, this is, we're in the middle of it. So that's the, that's the PlayStation. And I, I think... You know, we uh, we also know, historically, we've got some bangers at the tail end of the PlayStation's life cycle. Tail end of the PlayStation 3, we got The Last of Us. The tail end of the PlayStation 4, we got God of War Ragnarok and Spider-Man and, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn. So, like, really good stuff is coming. So, uh, I can't wait to see them break the PS5 with a game. Like, I want to see a game that's too good for that system. Because every time I turn my PlayStation 5 on, I'm shocked at what they're capable of doing, and I feel like I'm going to get shocked again in a couple of days when I play Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which I can't even believe is actually happening. It's just so it's wild
4: happening. to me.
0: So, so that's PlayStation Five. Let's talk about Xbox for a minute because we are thankfully not an Xbox show. Because apparently, within the last like three or four weeks, if I was, if you were an Xbox show, you were required to set your console on fire. It was just like what you did. It was what you had to do in order to be part of the, the 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 crew. So fortunately, chaos did not reign. No, there were we heard some reports that Xbox was going to go third party, that they were going to that the, the sky was falling in Xbox land. What's actually happening? Here's what we actually know is happening with Xbox, and I'll 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 share this news because we know if you own an Xbox and you heard reports, somebody was coming up to you telling you that. They're never making Xboxes again, and that was not true. They are going to make more consoles, at least based on the information that they provided us. want they want xbox games to be everywhere they want xbox games to be played by lots of people the answer to that is not giving people a thing to play it on so that's the first one but they did say that there are some games based on a current and it's kind of a moving target rubric where they're going to be putting games on other platforms and there they did indicate that there are four previous xbox exclusives that they did not name but They hinted at them strongly enough that most people have been able to figure out that Sudoku puzzle. And they are games that either were not meant to be system sellers. They were games that Microsoft simply paid for to be exclusive that maybe have another opportunity to have another life. And, you know, they've reached their peak. Now it's an opportunity to make a little bit more money or games that have like a really strong community focus that having another burst of of players from competitors' consoles like the PlayStation 5 or the Switch would be of value to them. And that sounded to me like not everything. They also explicitly stated that Starfield and Indiana Jones were not gonna be be coming to other platforms, which the idea of them going to other platforms was kind of absurd in my opinion in the first place, but hey, what are we gonna do? So that's, Amanda, you were at DICE while all this was happening. So you were like in the center of the video game business world. It didn't catch on fire while this happened, right?
3: No, no, not at all. I think it was just mostly confusion. There were folks that were just like, this, that, what? Why were they making such a hullabaloo about this? Yeah, um, this,
0: sh- this meeting should have been an email.
1: I, I yeah. thought it was a lot of fanboys that stirred up all the other fanboys. And it just, Xbox is just like do we do something? Do we do something? And then they were like, we gotta do something. So let's do a podcast. And
0: I I, I agree that they had to do something. I just wonder, like, it's a meme for a reason. This meeting should have been an email. It feels to me like a press release, like a well-written press release, frankly, a crappily written press release. They could have asked me to do it, and I'd have done it for like a year, a Game Pass. Like it probably would have been cheaper than getting those three executives up on stage with Tina Amini, because um, that was an expensive meeting, like one hour of all their time, plus the production. Like, just give me some Game Pass for a couple of months, and I'd have written the letter to just say, no, we're not going third party, you crazy jerks. We're gonna make more Xboxes. I don't know. So if you own an Xbox and you were worried based on some of the reports that you saw over the last handful of months, congratulations, it was much ado about nothing. It was nothing, right? Like this doesn't feel like a very big deal to me. Any any thoughts, Jeff?
2: No, I think you kind of said it. The games that have been hinted, I mean, once they, you know, listen to other podcasts that listen to you like, yeah, makes sense. And also, I mean, Looking at a GameStop, a GameStop, the like, Xbox has really pushed Game Pass as it's peep. I mean, one of the games rumored is Hi Fi Rush. No one is buying an Xbox so they can play Hi Fi Rush. And I'm gonna bet, and I don't know, I haven't looked at the numbers, but I'm gonna guess most people played that game on Game Pass. Like, I mean, I think we looked, it was a $40 game because you had it surprised us $40. I don't think. People are going to spend $40 on the game. They're just going to go with their $18 a month game pass and play it there. So I think to them, it makes perfect sense to put their games on other platforms. It's kind of like when the whole Activision thing was starting up and they're like, oh no, Call of Duty's going to go just to Xbox. Like that, in my head, that did not make a lick of financial sense. Taking one of the biggest franchises and making it first party and just release on your system. But what I can see Xbox doing is, you know, doing the whole, oh, you can buy it from PlayStation, but look, $18, you can play it over here.
0: Yeah. There we go. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. They did also say we got the first Activision Blizzard game finding its way onto Game Pass in the form of Diablo at the end of this month, which is pretty nifty. I'm presuming that there's going to be a fair number of people who (laughs) are very excited to play that if they haven't played it already. I played the demo, and I okay, certainly liked my
2: my first Diablo game when I try to find time with all the other games coming make out. Make a druid, games,
0: dude. Right? Make a druid. The male druids on that, in that game are so cool. They're like big pro wrestler guys. that can turn into bears, which actually, never mind. That's a whole, that's a different movie. So anyway, so that's our checkup on the three consoles. I think, here's what I, here's the good news. None of them are going away. And I, I think... We're in for a good year this year. It's not going to be the same as last year. I think last year was unprecedentedly amazing, but it was. There's already been some cool stuff this year. And Princess Peach gets to turn into a ninja. Previews for that were today. And you know what? Even if all the games this year are bad, just everybody just go play Baldur's Gate. Right? Or Final um, Fantasy. Or Final Fantasy. So, we that are looks so big yeah so big. I, that's I, that bothers me though because i want i was hoping for a short one like the last one but anyway no everybody i know that i'm never gonna get what i want on that but that's okay <laughs> so everybody thank you very much for listening this is our recap obviously we're gonna talk more about this as the year goes on are you giving us the finger with that wolverine lego claw oh no, that's no, not his middle right finger there. oh okay all right oh, he's, all right cool okay we're hanging loose so um we did it guys we made it, we, we, we managed to get our podcast done and we were only 10 minutes over. Congrats, team. I applauded my team. That was me. And now I got my kids throwing stuff around. So, everybody, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as the five of us in, enjoyed recording, which admittedly is a very high bar because this is a highlight for all of us. We will be back in another two weeks for the podcast. Obviously, we'll talk about all the big happenings, Specifically, anything huge that comes out of the Nintendo Partner Direct tomorrow and Pokemon Day, if something crazy happens with that. But we will also be back next Monday as we return to our voyage east with the Coils of Destiny. They just met one of the Guardian Spirits, so we're going to see what they do with that newfound information and power etc so that's going to be a whole thing i had to make a whole bunch of new maps to to go along with everything so everybody i hope you have a great week we will be back next time and until then don't forget to get your family game on we'll see you all soon bye
1: bye, bye.